Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Grace. Today is Thursday, December 21st, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. Temperatures here in Riverside today hit a comfortable high of 66.0 degrees with an expected low of 54.2. Now, let's look at the top news stories we'll be diving into. First, a major headline from the political sphere, the Colorado Supreme Court has issued a groundbreaking decision to disqualify former President Donald Trump from the state primary ballot, citing his involvement in the Capitol attack. We'll be looking at the detailed arguments from this case and what this could mean for presidential hopefuls. In health news, Noma, a devastating flesh-eating disease, finds its way into the spotlight as the World Health Organization updates its list of neglected tropical diseases. We will discuss what efforts are being made to combat this affliction and the impact it's having on communities around the globe. Stay with us as we explore these stories and more, today on Alex's News. We're following breaking news this morning as the Colorado Supreme Court has issued a landmark ruling that could have a profound impact on the political landscape. Former President Donald Trump has been disqualified from appearing on the state's primary ballot. For an in-depth look at this groundbreaking decision, we're joined by our news reporter Ethan. Ethan, could you walk us through the details of this ruling? Absolutely, Grace. The Colorado Supreme Court has made a significant move by applying Section 3 of the 14th Amendment to disqualify Trump, based on his involvement in the January 6 Capitol attack. It's pivotal because this part of the amendment was specifically designed to prevent individuals who have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the United States from holding office. What makes this so remarkable is that it's the first time this amendment has been invoked in this context concerning a former president. That sounds like an unprecedented legal step. Could you elaborate on the key incidents that led to this decision? Of course. The key incident here is Trump's connection to the Capitol attack. The Colorado Supreme Court cited that Trump's conduct on that day and his speech inciting the crowd not only disqualified him but that his actions were not protected by the First Amendment. According to sources from NPR and CBS News, the ruling particularly noted how he continued to support the insurrection even as it unfolded. There's a lot at stake here. What could the potential implications or consequences be if this decision stands? If this decision were to be upheld, the implications could be huge. It could set a precedent potentially influencing other states to reconsider Trump's eligibility for future elections. This is especially critical as the legal interpretation of the 14th Amendment remains largely untested in this context until now. However, according to the reports, the Trump team plans to appeal, and with the current conservative supermajority in the U.S. Supreme Court, they believe there's a high likelihood he will remain eligible for the Colorado primary. With Trump's team no doubt gearing up for an appeal, what related factors might influence the U.S. Supreme Court's willingness to review the case? Key factors include the timing of the petition for a Supreme Court review and the conservative nature of the court itself. As long as Trump's team files before January 5, experts believe a review is very likely. However, speculation is rife that the Supreme Court could defer the decision back to the state level or avoid ruling on it, which would leave it up to voters to decide. And what response has there been from the Republican Party in Colorado? Republicans in the state have expressed their disagreement with this decision, and some have even threatened to withdraw from the primary system altogether, moving to a party-run caucus system if the ruling is not overturned. Given that the decision was divided, with all seven justices appointed by Democratic governors, 
the Republican Party and Trump's campaign are criticizing the ruling. They've gone as far as to label it completely flawed and seem confident that they will find favor in the U.S. Supreme Court. Finally, does this have any potential implications for Republican primaries in other early states? While the Colorado ruling doesn't directly apply to other states, it could certainly inspire similar legal challenges. We've already seen Trump be allowed on primary ballots in states like Minnesota and Michigan, despite legal questions. Any nationwide implications will largely depend on whether the U.S. Supreme Court decides to take up this case and how they rule. The aftermath of their decision could reshape the Republican primaries and Trump's future in American politics. Thank you for that comprehensive analysis, Ethan. Stay with us as we continue to follow this significant story's developments. Turning our focus to a concerning health issue, Noma, a rare flesh-eating disease that has been out of the global spotlight, is now being acknowledged in a significant way. It's been added to the World Health Organization's list of neglected tropical diseases. Chloe, can you give us an overview of what this development means for those affected? Certainly, Grace. Noma is a devastating infection that targets mostly young children between 2 and 6 years old in extremely poor areas of Africa and Asia. When left untreated, it can lead to severe facial disfigurement and has an alarmingly high mortality rate, 90% in some cases. This inclusion by the WHO marks a pivotal moment. It could pave the way for much-needed funds, research, and a comprehensive strategy to fight this horrendous disease. 90% is a staggering figure. Chloe, what has been preventing the global health community from addressing NOMA until now? It boils down to two main issues rarity and understanding. Noma isn't widespread, Grace. It lurks where poverty is most severe, leading to a lack of awareness, even among health professionals. Its rarity has left it largely unrecognized, hence the term, neglected, in its classification as a tropical disease. The lack of insight into Noma's exact causes has also hindered the development of effective interventions. That's troubling. Can you break down what triggers this disease? Researchers point towards bacterial infections in the mouth, which begin to literally eat away the flesh and bone, causing the disfigurement we mentioned. Contributing factors include poor access to healthcare and antibiotics. These issues are compounded by malnutrition and unsanitary living conditions prevalent in the impacted regions. Is there anything that suggests a change in the trajectory of this disease with its new status? Absolutely. Historically, Noma has been managed primarily with surgery when identified, but the communities affected often lack the resources for such interventions. Now, with the WHO's recognition, there's hope for improved funding that should, ideally, lead to better support for early diagnosis, treatment, and even the development of preventive measures, like enhanced nutrition and hygiene, which are critical. You mentioned a personal story featured in the Wisconsin Public Radio article? Yes, Grace. It's about Nulakat Okamlawan, a Noma survivor. She's had multiple reconstructive surgeries and now talks openly about the social hurdles survivors face, such as stigmatization and misunderstanding. Stories like hers underline the importance of not just medical, but also social support for healing and reintegration into society. It seems like there's a host of underlying issues to address here. Chloe, what other preventive steps can be taken? Measles vaccinations are surprisingly one key prevention strategy, as measles vastly increases the risk of developing NOMA. Strengthening immune systems by combating diseases like HIV and malaria can also keep NOMA at bay. Broadly speaking, raising awareness, improving surveillance, and combating poverty are all essential components in the global battle against NOMA. 
And speaking of the global perspective, how will countries implement these changes? Key to any widespread health initiative is creating tailored action plans, GRACE. These plans can coordinate efforts, improve education, and help stakeholders map the prevalence of NOMA with up-to-date data to track the effectiveness of prevention strategies. It's a multifaceted approach that needs to be tackled on many fronts to effectively curb the disease's impact. This certainly seems like it could be a turning point in the fight against NOMA. Chloe, thank you so much for bringing us this in-depth look at such a crucial health issue. My pleasure, Grace. It's important these stories are brought to light and given the attention they deserve. Good morning, everyone. As we continue with today's broadcast, here are some other headlines that have caught our attention. Firstly, a significant ruling in the legal world as Academy Sports is now required to pay $2.5 million to the families of a serial killer's victims, following the store's unlawful gun sales. This settlement brings to light the hefty legal consequences firearm retailers face when failing to adhere to strict sales regulations. In law enforcement news, the Detroit Police Department is under fire after an investigation uncovered a series of investigative missteps in handling a serial killer case. These revelations follow the apprehension of D'Angelo Martin in 2019, who murdered four women and assaulted several others. Turning to a tragic development in journalism and aviation, a TV news helicopter has crashed. Investigations are ongoing as we seek to understand what caused the crash and to determine if there were any casualties. In international news, Israeli forces have reportedly found a major Hamas command center in Gaza City. This discovery comes amidst talks of ceasefire, reminding us of the fragile nature of Israeli-Palestinian relations. And in the realm of gun regulation, a federal judge has made headlines by halting a new California law that sought to ban the carrying of firearms in most public spaces, marking yet another chapter in the complex national debate on gun control and Second Amendment rights. Lastly, let's end on a heartwarming note. After 38 years on the job, Santa Luke is still making time for everyone. Yes, indeed, you too. It's a tale of unwavering commitment to bringing joy especially during the holiday season, and a wonderful reminder of the enduring power of kindness. Thank you for joining us this morning. These stories, though diverse in nature, underscore the ongoing challenges and joys that shape our world. We'll be back with more updates and news. Stay with us. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, the Perplexity API, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.